Did you know that through objectively analyzing your participation in your close relationships, whether romantic or platonic, you could find a gateway to your own personal healing journey, your spiritual growth and self-worth? Hi guys, I am Ashley Henry. I am an intuitive astrologer and tarot reader. Welcome if you're joining me for the first time. Here we discuss all things spiritual. So today I am back with an episode, a very brief episode, just to talk to you guys quickly about how you can use your involvement in your relationships to access a higher state of being, a higher state of consciousness, as well as to accelerate yourself on your spiritual journey and open up that path to self-worth and self-realization as well as self-healing. So if this is of interest to you, please do stick around to the end of this episode where I'll give you some interesting information about how you can utilize this energy in your life and make changes in your close relationships as well as in yourself. So before we get into how you can objectively analyze your interactions in relationships with close partners or even business partners or any friendship relationships that you have, I want to talk about Chiron in Aries, which is a catalyst for this energy that is available for us to start this self-healing process through the lens of our relationships. Now, Chiron in Aries has been in transit since 2019 and will remain in the sign of Aries into 2027. Now, if you're not familiar, Chiron is the wounded healer in our chart. So wherever Chiron sits in your chart and whatever sign is on the cusp of that house is where you will get some information around where your wounds may lie and how you can start a self-healing journey by taking note of that house, the condition of that house and any significant aspects or planets that reside in that house. So in the sign of Aries, Aries in astrology is the sign that rules the first house, which is traditionally ruled by Mars. And Aries is the sign that is associated with I am and is known to cut through. So Aries is where we find our independence, our self-worth, our self-drive, our ambition, our leadership skills. It's also where we find courage and boldness and the energy to go after what we want. So with Chiron in the sign of Aries, we can use the energy of Aries to cut through our wounds. And because Aries is right opposite Libra, which is its sister sign, which rules the seventh house, through analyzing our self wounds, our self-worth, our self-image, we can actually help ourselves have better romantic relationships and business relationships. So Chiron and Aries, like I said, is in transit into 2027. So it's halfway through this transit. And if you have been using this energy, whether you're privy to it or not, if you have been using this energy wisely, you may find that this second half of Chiron and Aries is much more easy for you to manage. If you haven't, then this video is gonna be absolutely useful for you to use that energy in your relationships going forward. Now, how do you objectively analyze your relationships so that you can find out where your wounds lie? Now, when I first started doing astrology, Chiron was one of the things that I was um, heavily focused on. When I did my chart readings for people, I focused on the Chiron placement in their chart and any significant aspects that it made to um, personal planets so I could help them understand why their wounds were playing out in their, in their reality as they were and what they can do about 
trying to find a way to heal that wound. So for example, if you have Chiron in the fifth house and you have Leo um, on the cusp, then it's likely that you are wounded in some shape or form from your childhood in regards to your creativity. So maybe your parents didn't allow you to do the thing that you was really passionate about. Like let's say you played music or you did painting, but they wanted you to take a different route. They wanted you to go into law or something like that. That can create a significant wound in your life. And then when you get older, that wound can start magnifying into your relationships, whether it's romantic or platonic or business relationships, okay? So when I talk to people about relationships and healing, a lot of people have a misconception that once they have worked on themselves to some degree, that the relationship that they have been searching for will suddenly just fall in their lap and all will be well. And in some occasions that does happen, you know, some people do meet the love of their life and they do have fantastic relationships with them and they go on to happily ever after. But there's a lot of people out there who don't have that experience and therefore sometimes think they are doomed by love because they can't seem to find someone who matches their energy or is on the same page page as them. And that's why I want to encourage people to objectively look at how they engage in their relationships. Because in our relationships, we tend to project onto the other person our ideal way of being, our ideal version of a partner. And sometimes when you've been wounded so much and you don't tend to those wounds, you can start having unrealistic expectations of what a partner should be or what your relationship should be like. And it's very important that you attend to these wounds so you have a realistic understanding of what a relationship entails and how to engage in a healthy relationship. So let's talk about some small indicators of, of you know, how you could be projecting onto someone else. Um, particularly women, when we get in relationships, we think that the person is showing us a side of them that is their their final form. <laughs> um, and I just want to point out there that that is an unrealistic expectation. When we are getting to know someone, like every human being, we want to show them our best side. So sometimes we do not see certain things about that person that we might not like further down the line. Doesn't mean that that person is a bad person or it doesn't mean that that person isn't your person, but it just means that everybody has sides to them that are less favorable. You have sides to you that are less favorable. So does whoever you may choose to date. Now you have to know what your negotiables are, okay? You can't go into a relationship expecting to change them or expecting to have a relationship with the potential version of this person. Now, granted, if you get into a relationship with someone and they become completely different to what you fell in love with or you thought you wanted to um, get in a serious relationship with, then you have every right to halt that relationship. In fact, you have every right to halt a relationship whenever you feel like. However, it's important to know that as you get to know someone, you are going to learn things about them that you may not particularly like. So one of the ways in which you can objectively find out whether there's a wound attached to your attachment with relationships is by analysing whether when you get with someone, whether you try to change them. Now, what does that mean? (laughs) Some people meet people 
and they can see that the person is just not their person if you're not on the same page the person says they're not looking for a relationship but you think oh maybe they might want a relationship sometime down the line so I'm just going to stick along and see how it pans out or they're not in a career or they don't have um, any direction of where they're going in life and you feel like okay I can wait for this person to find out what direction they're going in some people generally think they meet someone and they can help them. They can help mold them or change them or make them somebody that they're not. Um, and the reality is, is that if you're getting into a relationship to change someone or help them be someone else or be an ideal version of what you think they should be, then that is a wounded way of looking at relationships. You are having that relationship from a wounded place. It's not easy to recognize when you're doing that. Trust me, I've been there before. But when you start objectively looking at your interactions with people, it's very easy to pinpoint where you may be projecting onto someone an image that is in your head of who you think they should be. Um, and it's very important that you nip that in the bud, like you recognize that the moment it starts happening. And... The ways in which you can do that, like I said, is just objectively looking at how you engage with that person. If the person is showing you something and you're just hoping that it's something else or you're just ignoring what is happening in front of you and just hoping that something else happens instead of what is actually being shown to you, then again, you are having that relationship from a wounded place. And then it is the perfect time to ask yourself, what in me is allowing myself remain in a situation where I do not feel this person is my person right now, but I'm hoping they are gonna be that person in the future. And these are really painful questions to ask. And I wanna say from the very jump that when you are going through this transit, when you are going through um, objectively looking at yourself through the lens of your partner, it is very painful. There are things you're gonna discover about yourself that you had never understood or never thought existed. Trust me, I came to understand my issue with rejection through my romantic relationships. And it was a very hard pill to swallow when I realized I have a rejection issue and where that stemmed from. But once I was able to face that part of myself, it was so easy for me to get into relationships or to meet people that weren't going to be rejecting me in some shape or form. They weren't gonna be rejecting me and I weren't gonna be trying to chase after them even though I know that they're not good for me, you know? So you wanna ask yourself questions and only you can ask yourself these questions. No one else can ask you these questions and only you can arrive at the significant answers that you need to start this, this train rolling on the journey of self-healing. One of the things you also want to know that is in your romantic relationships, you have to learn to remain independent. Now, your partner should never be and will never be your main source of happiness. Again, a lot of people get into relationships and they think, this person is going to make me happy and I'm going to spend every living hour and day and breath with this person and it's going to be great. 
Space is a massive part of healthy relationships. I know we don't hear it enough and we don't talk about it enough, but space is a massive part of your relationship and keeping it healthy and having boundaries and not having this suffocating energy in a relationship. When we don't create space, we create too much merging of, of two people. And sometimes it means that people lose their identity, so much so that when they leave that relationship for whatever reason, they are lost and they don't know who they are. Now, you should never leave a relationship and not know or remember who you was before you got into that relationship. It is absolutely fundamental that through your relationship, you establish independence. Now, when you want to be consistently stuck with someone or glued to someone, or you have a fear of them leaving, again, that is a wound. Ask yourself, where does that come from? Do you have some abandonment issues? Do you have some self-worth issues? self-image issues do you have some limiting beliefs about relationships that tell you you can't find someone you won't find someone people don't stay all those negative things that we can tell ourselves about relationships become a projection in that relationship it becomes very noticeable that those are the mindsets driving the relationship and again they are from a wounded place The next thing is that even when things aren't all fairy tales and rainbows, it doesn't mean that the relationship is not working. Again, if you're looking for perfection in a relationship, that is from a wounded place. Like I said in the beginning, relationships can be easy, but they require work. Remember, you're engaging with a whole nother being who has their whole own opinions, their whole own way of being, their whole own way of viewing life, their whole own way of doing things. So the biggest part in a relationship is compromise and understanding and compassion. So you cannot expect that in a relationship, everything is going to be perfect. Things take time and effort. So if you're getting into a relationship or you're getting to know someone and you're expecting things to be perfect from the very beginning, then you may be operating from a wounded place and you need to get to the bottom of where that wound comes from. Is that need for perfection evident in other places in your life? And I have had my fair battles with perfectionism and through my relationships, I learned the most about how unrealistic it was. And through my relationships, I was actually able to heal that part of myself because I started understanding that I could not expect people to be perfect. By looking at myself, by asking myself certain questions, even things about myself that I wanted to achieve perfection in, I started realizing that it was unrealistic. I could not hold myself to that high standard. If I cannot hold myself to that high standard 24 seven, then I definitely cannot hold someone else to that high standard. So you wanna ask yourself, where does that come from? (laughs) In general, anything that doesn't feel pleasant in a relationship or in a connection or in a family relationship, anything where there's a lack of balance through give and take, you wanna ask yourself, where does that come from? 
where does that come from? Why do I do this? Why is this person projecting this kind of behavior onto me? What is it about me that needs to change so I don't experience this behavior? And usually it's because you need to heal something. I'll give you an example. When people say in their relationships, you know, I'm always giving and the person is never giving back and, you know, I don't feel like I receive enough. There's a wound there. Why do you keep giving even though you are not receiving? There's a part of you that wants to overflow this person with love so that you can receive something. But one of the things you should understand about giving and receiving is that when you give, and they always say you should give with an open heart because you cannot guarantee that whatever it is you're giving to someone will be returned back to you. You cannot guarantee that. So if you're not prepared to give something and lose it, then you should not give it in the first place. So that's an example of a wound. If you're in a relationship with someone and you're giving and giving and giving and giving, and trust me, I have been there where I've been doing and doing and giving and giving and I had to stop and I had to say, what is wrong with you? Why do you keep doing this? And I sat with myself and I asked my questions and I realized it was something from childhood. You know, when you feel like you wanna make sure people feel loved because maybe when you were young, you didn't feel like no one did anything for you. No one gave to you. So you grow up as an adult and you start over giving to people. And giving feels nice and receiving feels even nicer. So when you're giving and giving and giving, people who are receiving are really enjoying that. And it's not that they're selfish, but maybe they just don't have an edgeway into giving you what you want to get because you're consistently giving. There's not a, a, a um, equal flow of energy. And also, I believe the universe brings people into your life that demonstrate certain behaviors so you can understand and identify what your wounds are. So if you're giving and giving and giving to someone and they are not giving anything back to you, then it's likely the universe is showing you your wound through that person's behavior. So that's also very important. And lastly, um, I think this might be the last point, I wanted to touch on the fact that learn that you should learn, especially, especially with Chiron and Aries, is that you should learn to be independent in your relationships, despite what is going on with your partner. Now, this might sound absolutely absurd, but I genuinely believe that whatever's going on in your partner's life is not your business. Unless they involve you, you cannot impose, you cannot um, dictate, you cannot tell them what to do, you cannot tell them what decisions to make. Unless they ask for, ask for your opinion and your input, I think it's best to allow people the space to be who they are and allow people the space to grow and to also work on their own wounds. Again, a lot of people get into relationships and they recognize wounds in other people that may be similar to their own, but they recognize a lot of wounds in other people and think, I'm gonna help that person identify their wound. And trust me, I have been there. I'm gonna help that person identify that wound. I'm gonna help them work through whatever issues they have and I'm gonna make them be a better person then we can be happily ever after. That is the wrong way to engage in a relationship because you are relying on that person becoming a better version of themselves to give you a fulfilling relationship, to give you the relationship that you're after. And it's not to say that you 
have to leave that person, but I think it's fair to say that you have to give them space to grow and to learn at their own pace. You cannot force people to accelerate on their spiritual journey. Everybody's on their own individual journey and it's very important that you understand that whatever the universe or God or whoever you believe in, whatever is, whatever force is out there that's helping you on your healing journey is also helping them on their healing journey, okay? Again, ask yourself questions. Questions are gonna be your best friend in your spiritual journey, especially when it comes to your connection with other people. When people are doing certain things and you feel some type of way, just ask yourself, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? A lot of the time it comes from a wounded place. And when we sit with ourselves long enough, and we ask ourselves those questions and we show ourselves a bit of love and compassion, those wounds are revealed to us and we can heal them far more quicker than we can trying to expect the other person to heal them for us. Last point, self-love. It is so important in your relationships to self love, self-care, and not expect the other person to do that for you. Now, if you don't think pretty, if you don't think you're beautiful, if you don't think you're smart, if you don't think you're you're valuable, if you don't think you're capable of success or you're you're a good person or you're a good girlfriend or or boyfriend or a good brother or sister or whatever you are, if you don't think that you're good enough, that is going to be reflected to you in your relationships. You're going to pick up relationships with people who also treat you like you are not good enough. You're going to pick up relationships with people who treat you like you don't know what you're worth. And that is just the reality. You're going to meet people who just project to you certain behaviours that makes you question, why am I here? Why am I doing this with this person? Why do I care about them? Why am I still trying to love them regardless of what they've done to me? Why am I doing this? Again, it's a wound, a place in your psyche that is saying, hey, I need attention. There's a problem here. Something is not adding up. There's a pain residing deep within you that needs attention and I need you to take some time for yourself to really attend to this wound okay so guys this transit like I said is running until 2027 so I want you to take the time over the next couple years to objectively look at your relationships and even if your relationships are great or they're not so great or they could be so much better. Maybe journal, take a piece of paper, write down what could be better and start experimenting. I did a lot of experimenting in my relationships when I was going through this, the beginning half of this transit. I was like, you know, having certain, certain attitudes or behaviors to see how the behavior of my partner would change. And that's when I started to realize that it's all a mirror. Everybody around us is just a fragmentation of ourselves in some shape or form. We're all fragmentations of each other. We're all connected in some shape or form. We all come together in this 3D reality to show each other something, to teach each other something. So it's very important that we try to not take everything personal, especially in these relationships 
where things are being shown to us. Allow the lessons in and allow yourself to learn from them. And ask the universe for guidance. They're always there. They're always going to give you the guidance that you need. They're always going to give you the signs and cues that you need. And they are readily available to you. So I hope this episode was helpful. For those of you who are out there and wondering what the hell is going on. Why don't my relationships seem to be working? Why do I feel like I'm always meeting people of a certain caliber? What can I do about this? I hope this episode has given you some some enlightenment and the courageousness and the boldness to actually look at your relationships from an objective lens so you can really understand yourselves and where your wounds lie and so you can start healing those parts of yourselves for better relationships and a better relationship with yourself. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope to speak with you guys soon. Take care, have an amazing week, bye.